0: How are you doing, folks? Welcome to episode 46 of the Simple Life Podcast. I am not joined this week, and probably not for the next several weeks, by Mr. Mac my usual co-host. He is out in the wider world um, doing quite a lot of things at the minute. He's a rather busy man, uh, very busy with work and personal life. So he's taken a slight sidebar to this for a while. Please send him your love and thanks and appreciation in the comments below. He is entirely the muse and the reason, I suppose, that this podcast exists without his tireless efforts and prompts to remind me to record episodes for example we wouldn't be sat here in this wonderful hot seat uh, every week having these wonderful chats with yourselves so yeah send a love to Maka wherever he is big love brother much respect and thank you for getting the show this far and handing me the reins and kind of drop kicking me into the deep end a little bit but i think i've learned to swim and if not you find folk will help keep us afloat Right, uh, on to tonight's guest for the second time this morning. All the fine folks, again, don't need to know that, but I'm going to let you know anyway, because we're very open and honest here with the Simple Life. Um, so <laughs> he is the lab director and the head of product design at uh, Telemamon, a self described chief infusionologist. Do you love the terminology? We will get onto the self creation of, of terminology within this industry in a little bit as we go. Um, He is also the co-host of the ABC of CBD on men's radio station, who started sort of taking uh, CBD and then producing CBD once he found um, that it was kind of helping with certain conditions and certain health ailments, and then ultimately ended up in production and white labeling, which we will discuss shortly. So our tonight's guest without further ado is Mr. Oliver
1: Mamon. How are you doing again, brother? (laughs) Like two guys. This is so exciting to be here. No, it's, it's really lovely to be here and like a... (laughs) Like I was saying before, basically, I'm a big fan of the show and it's an incredible... there's an incredible voice which comes from The Simple Life. You know, as a podcast host, it's actually quite lovely to see in this industry that there are several other podcasts which come at this angle, uh, come at this industry from a different angle. So, you know, without any disrespect, you know, like The Simple Life comes at it from a very much like an activist voice. Uh, you've got things like Cannabis Voices, which comes at it from a, a Cannabis Voices by Mary Biles. It comes at it from a scientific, educational, emotional perspective. And then you've got what I'm trying to do at the ABC of CBD, which is trying to, uh, make the whole industry understandable. Now, there are a lot of people in this industry, they're young people. Who understand the science and the facts and the history. And there are all who are older people who just want to find products which work for them, who want to try and navigate this market without getting so confused by the terminology, especially the scientific terminology over the cannabis market terminology. It gets a bit confusing. And what we try and do at the ABC of CBD is almost uh, simplify the entire process. Ha, huh, simply, ha, huh, simple, simplify, you get that? Uh, so we try and simplify the entire process and Simplify the navigation and the understanding of what CBD products actually mean to the end user, and that's what, like, my journey's been all about. It's all about understanding what products are right for me. You know, as uh, Simpa said, I had uh, health conditions pre- previously in life. Uh, I, was, I was diagnosed with Tourette syndrome when I was about seven years old. Uh, I don't know what you guys know about Tourette's syndrome, but it's like a cluster of many, many different elements. You've got uh, well. Uh, ADHD and OCD and then you have physical and verbal spasms uh the physical spasms are things like twitches and uh, uh you call it nervous vibrations and the verbal spasms of things like words fixations so you know when people say things like the uh, shits and the fucks you know like and they repeat them it's like a word fixation you know I've got word fixation with words like awesome and bum and sick and it's it's uh it's, it's relatively hard to control but when you have all of these things going on and you're seven years old, you don't really know what's going on. So I spent my, my, my early childhood in and out of therapy, in and out of doctors trying to put a thumb on what I am. I bear in mind I'm 33. So when I was seven was 26 years ago, you know, mental health is still being discussed as something relatively new that people speak about, you know, and this is like an ingrained mental health issue. This is not like, like anxiety, which is uh, situational or caused by a, an event this is something which is just in there and it was before the world really knew it now when i was 14 years old i smoked my first joint and i felt a lot of my symptoms uh dissipate i felt a long time i felt normal then it was probably six months or so until i smoked my next joint because i'm 14 years old and you know that's what happens when you're 14 you're at a party you try something and then you kind of leave it for a while and I was 15 when the next time i tried and it kind of just clicked there was something in it or something inside of the cannabis plant which made me feel right but then was then I had a couple of other other <laughs> strains which part of my journey you know about you know 20 years ago you know 19 years ago I started my journey within the cannabis industry trying to understand what cannabis product was right for me and that's where my journey kind of gone it's to try and like break down all of these you know barriers between pharmaceutical and and legacy black market street cannabis and trying to break down this 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 boundary between scientific education and actual personal understanding because you know all of these codes and receptor names and you know random long terminologies which apply to something else but you have to understand the you have to understand what they apply to to be able to understand their actual meaning as, as an end user it's too complicated and. I want people to not go through the ridiculously complicated journey I've gone through the last 20 years to understand what's right for myself and for other people. I want them just to just be able to understand what's right for them. And that's kind of like my aim in this industry. That's the angle I kind of come from.
0: Yeah. Excellent. I think that was very, very concise and uh, very almost verbatim and quite close to the first uh, initial time that you spoke spoke of this um I'm, I'm so glad we've managed to actually catch up there i think we managed to fit what took us 20 minutes in the first uh, attempt at
1: recording in 10 there so did i miss anything did i um, miss anything from from the first thing i said ooh, the first the, the, the first bottle of cbd you tried that oh yeah so that. this was important so basically when i was about uh 23 years old yeah, back how I tried my first bottle of CBD. Like I said, it must have been an Endoker or a CBD Brothers or one of these variants, but it came as an unlabeled bottle. And I tried it and I felt uh, a relief of a lot of my symptoms. You know, like I felt a, a general calming to my core, but I didn't know what was in the fucking bottle. And still to this day, I don't know what was in that bottle. And that was kind of also part of my... My drive in the CBD industry was to kind of make mathematical accuracy and transparency behind what's in the box, actually understanding what's in a product, you know, that was my drive. And, you know, I feel like it's it's become a standard now in the market when I was you know, properly started pushing this industry about seven years ago, when I started making my own products no one was talking about accuracy. No one told you what was in a product. No one talked about percentages. And if they did, they talked about them in such a convoluted way, that it was like 17% of 3% diluted at six. I mean, like you're doing an equation every time you want to take a drop and then you've got to divide the drops by 18 in order to figure out what you're actually taking per mill. It's like, all right, like, well, do you know what I mean? Like, like you know, I'm great at math. And I sometimes looked at these bottles and I was like, okay, so you start with a hundred because you have to start with a hundred because you don't know what else to start with. They don't give you the starting figure? <laughs> and it's really hard to figure out an equation. It's like, what does X equal? If you're not given one, so X plus Y equals Z equals Z. So... What's that? You don't know because you need one number in that equation to be able to work back the sum. And there was, there was none of that existed. <laughs> it didn't exist and it drove me mental. But yeah, no, I, I'm glad the CBD market's got a bit more, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, validity now. You know, I, I'm very mm-hmm. proud of the fact that we actually talk about what's in our products and we almost get held to the fact that we need to prove it. I kind of like that. So I feel yeah. like I, I've done my job. Yeah, I think with the the
0: controllability and the reduced variables of using say cbd over uh or isolate cbd or even sort of broad products that are then built back together from isolate products seems to be obviously a lot easier to standardize than it does from getting a certain chemo or cultivar and trying to get standardization through production of clones and then producing to, to oils that way so i think that yeah that helps massively give a a much more rounded view of what is in the product as a standard. But do you think in some way that almost the swing of that from where we were 2014, 2015 to where we are now, that drive is in some way maybe not necessarily pushed us too far, but pushed us into the the realm of FS uh, FSA control and novel foods and that we've kind of, we've almost, I feel like we've missed the middle bit. We kind of went from, we need to regulate and sort this so everyone knows what's in it to go in, crap let's take everything out of it and over-regulate it we didn't so, have the,
1: the freedom in the middle i'm actually very annoyed i'm very annoyed i'm going to throw it out there that cbd's actually been classified as a food because it's it's not food you know i hate it it sounds really messed up but people actually rely on i don't want it to be taken away from people but i want it to be thought about in a way that's actually beneficial to people do you know I mean i want it to almost be elevated even if that it sounds strange, even if that causes issues for the general market. I would love cannabinoids to be elevated to a point where they're they're seen and visualised as medicines, and term uh, and the terminology around them is as medicines because they are functional as medicines. I don't believe they're a food supplement. Maybe I'm wrong, but I believe there's too much power behind that plant to simplify it to say it's a food. It's so much more powerful than a tomato. And I, I, in my mind, I believe that it needs to almost be given its its title in order to be accepted as what it is, as opposed to brought back to being seen as normal to be accepted what it is. I, yeah, I can. Yeah, get, get your point. That's what I uh, mean. Does that make oh, sense? So
0: a slight slight delay there. Um, yeah, no, it does make sense, and I can see your your rationale to it. Um, I suppose I I counter in this discourse uh, or my rebuttal would be in some form. Uh, a quote from uh, Søren Kierkegaard. It was like a 16th century, 17th century Swedish philosopher. He said, if you name me, you negate me. By giving me a title, you force me into one reality. That's not the quote of it. The, if you name me, you negate me. That's the quote. But, but what he was basically saying that is, by calling an orange an orange, it can never be an apple, which kind of intuitively makes sense in, in terms of rigid objects that are stuck in one position. But Something like cannabis is, as you said, it's, it's nature. Oh, I'm losing your notes off my wall. Um, it's nature is that it is so multiversatile, that it is a building resource. It is a potential battery. It is a supplementary nutritional, a nutritional supplement. It is then also a powerful euphorium it's so it's I, I get what you're saying about it and then when you med, use
1: hemp seed oil your hemp seed oil is definitely a food supplement because there's nothing medicinal about but, that but, yeah but then it's got omegas but, in it but. So the, but the argument is then made there is had you this, are right. I'm,
0: I'm, i've had this out with a few people with phd there's a couple there's a guy i know i'm not going to name him because i don't know if he wants me to bring this conversation to public but basically we were talking about uh, metabolism of cannabinoids and conversion and conversion of omegas into cannabinoids And the research on this globally is so unbelievably limited. Very few people care. They care, can we prove the product is ethical? Can we prove that it works in some way? Do we care how it works? Not necessarily at this point. That is in higher-end research, but in terms of the capitalist end of product design, uh, product development and and sort of uh, sales is, is, is going that way. And I think that actually there is an argument to be made that the supplementation of nutrition through taking of complete protein, like what cannabis seed oil is, um, is then going to help regulate your endocannabinoid system in some way. There is proliferal connectivity here between your endocannabinoid system and nutrition. So the argument is to be made that you can have lifestyle changes, for example. So we know is high is, is considered uh, an endocannabinoid reaction that you then get endorphins released on proliferal systems as well as, as a joyous sort of reaction. And so I think then the same is said to be true that if you have a good exercise, good diet, you're in some way regulating your endocannabinoid system. So then, the loose argument could be made that cannabis seed oil could be have a medical reaction in the same way that doctors now prescribe nature. Do you know what I mean? So I think that we, if we go too far with oh, just, go and have a just, walk just, in the park, exactly, just calling yeah. it a medical, then they're going to go, oh, I don't need to go for a walk until I'm sick. Then I get told to go for a walk. It's I the think same that with that like
1: magnesium, isn't it? You know, magnesium is an, an an over-the-counter product. Do you know what I mean? But, doctors prescribe it for cramps so i mean it's it's one of those ish, it's one of those compounds which really falls needs, under the medical terminology exists. i think the problem is is <sighs> So the issue is with me, okay, is even though I know this entire world exists around, I've had people on the show like Jamie Bartley, and I love the conversations about hemp, and I have conversations with people outside of this world about hemp graphene for batteries, and I talk about, you know, there's so many different applications of hemp. I unfortunately, on a day-to-day basis, work with cannabinoids, which I see causing miracles in people so when i think even though i know this whole broad world exists i still have my blinders on it's very 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 strange so i think that maybe you are completely correct I missaid what I wanted to say. It's I should be using the word cannabinoids. I use the word cannabis because that's just what I do. You know, I like to wear a, I like to wear the badge of I'm in the cannabis industry. You know, it's like my I love it. I love dropping that in conversations with my grandparents' friends. It's kind of like my 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 thing. So what do you do for a living? Oh, I have a cannabis company. Sorry, what? You know, I kind of love that. It's like my favorite thing in the world. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And it's just and I could kind have of, I forget this broader, more expansive world around us, which actually I'm a massive supporter of a massive advocate of, massive advocate of. you know like I actually you know I use a, a hemp plastic grinder, you know like I love I love where technology is potentially going. like we did an episode with Jamie, which was how to build a house from hemp, which was absolutely every part of the house. You know, you can theoretically build from hemp and using like a hemp graphene, you could, th- or hemp carbons, you could theoretically create like wiring for electricity. Do you know what I mean? There's so many applications. So you are right. This cannabis plant is not a drug, it's not, and it's not a medicine. Cannabinoids are. <laughs> that, but then we arrive at a point of going that, so we can derive cannabinoids
0: from dozens. I can't give you the exact number of non cannabis plants. Yeah, we, we We can synthesize them through processes of peels. for hey, example, have just launched. Yeah. So I agree that those should be branched and kept. The synthetics of cannabinoids that were created for a medical market to be understood as medicines and then be prescribed and used in very bespoke therapies. like Marinol, right? Yeah. Or dra- dra- Dravenol. I think the. Thing, the, the the two American and British name the same drug. Um, So they need to exist in a certain branch. And I agree for say kids with epilepsy and things like that. They shouldn't be literally smoking on a fat joint and listening to Bob Marley. I agree with those arguments. But then the other side of it to me is we have to then, because it can exist from other places and be synthesized, that's where it should be looking. The argument of cannabinoids here and cannabis there is what we should be discussing in some way. Because at the minute, the the endless potential limits uh, limitless uh, technological and industrial applications of cannabis are massively held back because of By men- the demonization it, and, and, of uh,
1: cannabinoids and mainly just one cannabinoid, which is THC. So you've yeah. got basically <laughs> one tiny little part, one microscopic part of this basically giant jungle of plants, which is bringing the entire, but, but, but the joke of it, yeah, I completely understand what you're saying, but the joke, the joke of it in a lot of ways is that,
0: THC evolved on the cannabis plant to protect the seeds, to protect next generation through then branching of creating CBG to THCA and then through THCA, it degrades into uh, CBN around, around the seeds. So we, we know that the, the natural process of that to make the plant healthy makes it illegal. So then we've created this whole misnomer and situation of hemp, uh, which I, I, again, I, I take my proverbial hat off to the crew at Hempin. Uh, guys, check out previous episode with Hempin recently. Where we discuss again the nomenclature and the terminology all, and of all of this, and they they sort of tacitly but do agree with what what I'm saying. And what I'm saying is that if we put hemp here, cannabinoids here, and all of these different things, whenever we talk about cannabinoids, can only do this. Then we're saying, going back to the Kierkegaard thing, that cannabis can't. So that it's the we almost create these binary realities through the the language that we use. And one of the things I'm really appreciating about this platform and the conversations that we get to have, and the discussion I imagine we're about to have, is is the We get to, from a neutral point, get to learn and evolve a nomenclature and language and terminology that everybody understands, is what you were saying before, is there are some very high-end, high-end academic Latin terms that are very on the nose and bespoke and very to the letter, but they can't translate down to the common man. And if we can't, as Einstein said, if you can't explain it to a child, then you don't understand it. So we have all of these people within their tiny sectors understanding, oh, we know exactly how this cannabinoid responds with this one receptor, but then they're missing the, the larger body. They're missing the larger culture. If it's, I said this at the Product Earth Fireside chat. What's the point in saving the children if we don't save the planet for them to live in?
1: No, I completely agree with you. There is definitely definitely a mess okay <laughs> it's definitely a mess out there all right and i feel like one of the, one of the main messages is this coming together of worlds this coming together of a a, a legal bureaucracy which has control something which has been in the hands of a uh, you know an illegal culture for such a long time and there's there's so much knowledge within the illegal culture side, the legacy side, as opposed to the, you know, this, this new bureaucratic side, but there's, there's not a coming together. And I feel like it's both sides hate each other, which is kind of the, the, the biggest issue. You know, like I, I know a lot of very knowledgeable, grassroots involved individuals who would say no to a pharmaceutical company, offering them $10 million to go and build out their ideas. And that's a problem. And the problem is it needs to be almost a coming together. The bureaucratic pharmaceutical side needs to understand the grassroots, you know, cannabid 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 yeah God. Cannabidological side. Okay, whatever it is like cannabidology, you know, like this whole idea of like, it's, it's, it's our study it's what we've lived for 20 years. And then you have like pharmaceuticals, which is what they've lived for 20 years. Now they have the money and we have the understanding. And What we've got to do is kind of come together because especially on the, on, on the cannabinoid side, you know, on like the medical side, especially also on the construction side, you know, a lot of these massive construction companies have hundreds of millions of dollars and these renewable hemp companies have hundreds of million dollars of worth of worth of ideas, they need to come together.
0: Yeah,
1: I, th- I think there is a fear of a lot of the, the legacy
0: and the grassroots and the people that have fought and that still continue to fight now and that haven't, I don't want to say switch sides, because I don't mean to cause offense to anybody, but the people who've then kind of, I get my fucking brain. My brain's actually been gone. They've, they've, they've reduced their morals. And I'm, that's not what I'm meaning to say either. I'm trying to word this in the uh, different way. No, you, to you trap. didn't. I've laid a trap in my own mind there. So um, a lot of people, when the when the laws first started to change, I'm not saying necessarily bend or change they changed themselves necessarily. They didn't change. They bent themselves slightly more to fit into this. Go, okay, if we say hemp, we can get away with doing this. And it... I can see why people did it, and it made it profitable. I understand the self-rational argument as well that goes, "Well, the more there is on the market, the more there is in the industry, the more awareness there is." It then builds to it. But over these twenty years since the well, twenty-five years since the Royal Commission here in the UK, we have seen the creation of medical cannabis and the separation of hemp from cannabis, and then now we're seeing the separation of cannabinoids from cannabis. Whereas the entry level of millions of people to understand that cannabis has, in some form, therapeutic benefit for their condition, including me and yourself is smoking a joint, is that first interaction with that illicit product. If we then have that adult consumption market around the world that is regulated for best business practice to remove pests, molds, um, anything that uh, heavy metals or any toxins that can build up in the plant because it's a a bioremediator. So as long as we use those kind of awarenesses to create that, the people then get that first entry. Whereas a lot of people don't recognize they have conditions if they consume cannabis until they stop. I've known people with epilepsy that were literally like, they started smoking as a teenager and they got in their 30s and went, oh, I'm going to become an adult now and grow up and get my life together, sort of jobby. Stop smoking for a couple of years and the They, poof, they off having
1: fits and stuff. Yeah, I know a lot of people like yeah. that. I know this one dude, he stopped smoking. Uh, he was smoking from like the age of 14, 13, until he got married at the age of like 28, 29. And at the age of 30, he decided to quit smoking before he got married and he got ms And it's almost like literally it's like within six months of him stopping cannabis, his entire body went into shutdown and you know, I said to him, I was like, you've got to start consuming cannabis again. But he was like, no, 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 no. The doctors are saying it's the cannabis that's done this to me. And it's the other drugs that's done this to me because doctors don't know. So when you, when they turn around saying, you know, have you done a lot of drugs and doctors, like you said, uh, at the expo, I don't want to misphrase it wrong. But you said something incredible at the expo, you know, about, uh, why drugs are bad uh Repeat. Because I don't want not bastard. You said something. Uh, I, I, said, I said that. um Why
0: are drugs illegal? Drugs are illegal because they're bad. Why are they bad? Because they're illegal. It's the self-sort of
1: enclosed philosophy of a prohibitionist, and that's basically what doctors are taught. So in their mind, if there's any drug consumption in the history of any patient, that's obviously the root cause of the problem, and it's quite scary. But the problem is because we're not in that system now. If there was a you know, a hippie stoner fuck next to every single doctor in every single one of these meetings. or I mean, basically with this hidden knowledge, this brain of cannabis consumption over 20 years, or even someone, they not have to be a hippie fuck, someone like me and you, you know, we can hold our own, we can hold a conversation with absolutely anyone, but we also understand cannabis better than absolutely anyone. Why, like, we need to join that system to make it better. Because the problem is, is, You can't create change from outside, you have to create change from within. That's why countries, when they get taken over by terrorist groups, the change happens from within and they destroy the country. When the terrorist group is on the outside, it does bad things, but you know, doesn't destroy the country. What we've got to do is join the system. And almost change it from within. Why? Because changing the system will only make the system better, which makes the system more profitable, which makes the rich people richer, which is all they care about. But it also makes the patients happier. Why? Because some thought will go into the process and the products which are designed for them. And one thing I'm annoyed with is there's not this coming together. We should be applying for those jobs. You know, we should be going out there. And even if we get a thousand no's, eventually one company will hire us. And guess what happens to that company? They're going to smash it out of the park because they're the only company who are going to understand the UK cannabis market. And that's the problem. And I, I, I beg people to join the system because it's not join the system and change who you are. It's join the system and change what the system is. You know, And that's just my mentality. There's so much knowledge out there. And that's my dream. My dream is for the government to turn about. Like, Look, I'll pay you a quarter of your salary but you get to design medical cannabis products on an individual basis for people out there who need them. I would drop everything and do that. Why? Because I know that a hundred thousand patients a year would get products that actually work for them. Lots to digest there. There's a lot to digest there. Um, I agree with... So I've got buzz. I've got energy. Yes, Simple it's, life. Yeah,
0: it's good. It's, no, this is exactly
1: what I get every single goddamn week, man. I love it. I love, I love it week. too, man. You've got a great platform. And also, I don't usually speak like this. I don't really get to share my voice about yeah. it. I don't mean to cause any offense if anyone disagrees with me. But, you know, activists... Ah, that, that's where the comments box... anyway.
0: For, yeah, that's what the comment box for, uh, below is. So guys, yeah, if you do want to share any sort of thoughts, a reminder as always to drop them in the, the comment section below. Um, So Yeah, a lot to digest there. Like I said, this is the reason I created this platform is to get the more personalized stories and get more in-depth in why people think and feel the way they do. And I think that you've conveyed there a lot of your passion and a lot of your, your position. And I think the one thing we have to always be mindful of, and I hold my hand up and say it's taken me a goddamn long time to learn this, is that we can only ever come from our limited perceptions and perspectives. No matter how much we try to take the overview, we do get a bit... Um, single track minded and stuck within it, especially when we start to feel progress and change and I think that's what kind of happened we were all talking together about this and this and had these wonderful marketplace of ideas and concepts and then only one or two gates opened and the people whose ideas and and, and visions and philosophies and ethics fit into that channel moved into it and then another one opened and another one so we lost the people who wanted the overview the, the full effect the full spectrum of cannabis across industries and then, so each one has been given kind of a, a an opportunity to get ahead, and obviously, medical works incredibly well, as we saw with the campaign in 2018, um, using children, using people in wheelchairs with walking sticks, visual aids, things that are uh, stimulating optics. And I mean that not to sound callous, but I mean that in a productive sort of directorial TV production sort of way, because um, that's like kind of language they use to describe this shit. So we don't really have that. We're druggies in a hoodie. So I agree entirely with your sentiment about um, it will infiltrate in the system. And shout out to my early noughties skaters around the world for listening to the CKY. I'm thinking of the album title, uh, Infiltrate, Destroy, Rebuild. And that's that's kind of where we're at right now is we're at a point of we don't need to rally and get the awareness of cannabis as it were. People know this plant exists. Some people know the multitude of, of potential benefits and applications of it. But if the majority seem to know those limited avenues. So I think that the the work that needs to be done here is, as you say, the people from the other space that have not got their gate open yet need to go up these channels. They need to infiltrate these groups to remind them in 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 staff meetings, in production and research, and in all of these uh, levels within industry uh, and within corp- uh, corporate structure, that that other group exists. That you may be having progress now, you may be making millions, you may be writing legislations and regulations, but eventually those other gates are gonna open And if you want longevity, you want progress into the future, and you want to actually vertically integrate your industry so that you are not adding to the problems of society. So, we now have a problem with the cannabis, uh, the adult consumption cannabis companies, and now pumping mass amounts of carbon into the environment because of the production techniques and because of the waste of the byproducts that could be making batteries homes clothing there could be we could be integrating so-called hemp production with cannabis production and getting everything therapeutic oils we could be getting uh, so-called recreational flowers we could be getting fibers we could be getting uh, seeds we could be getting everything along route but because of these divisions because of the opportunity to make money into I suppose, uh, dominate and conglomerate within those areas. That's the typical nature of neo- neoliberalistic capitalism. Whereas I think a lot of the other people that you say the legacy that are holding out for this, they kind of do come from the, the hip, old world hippie ethos of cannabis is the ultimate renewable resource. One plant can give us thousands more seeds, can give us thousands more, and it's infinitely regenerative in that,
1: in that regard. I think the, what you're going on about is basically <laughs> unity, right? Is what, sorry? Like unity, So saying there's no unity, but I don't think that, so even like, so across the broad spectrum of our entire industry, the full spectrum of our entire industry, there's no unity. So you're right, you know, like uh, farms grow, uh, farms grow for whatever purpose they grow for and whatever's left over, they absolutely destroy. I will just dispose it for free for you they'll take excess biomass which I'm not using I want to get paid and they'll rather burn it than get paid I mean like that happens a lot there's also no unity within groups I mean like you've got activists out there who stand up for something and you've got a thousand other activists who rip them to shreds and troll them I mean like it's sad you know it's like like i've got friends in the community who have stopped speaking out because their friends in the community have torn them to shreds on social media. And it doesn't make sense. It's like, you know, you have people turn on each other left, right, and center. And at the end of the day, it's not about any of us. It's all about the patients. You know, if you are a patient, then it is about you. But it's about you being over there. You're saying it's not about you being do you know I mean? it's about you getting the help you need. And the problem is, is when, with all of us wor- not working together, the patients all end up losing. And without yeah, all of us yeah, working together, yeah. then the world ends up losing. Because yeah. you know, if you think about the greater industrial application, they all get lost as well. But I mean, I feel like the fights always end up with a loser in the end. And the the loser is always someone who, you know, it's, it's like the loser is the one who has the most to gain. And the one who has the most to gain is the one who will lose their pain and lose their suffering. Whether that's the world losing its suffering through Carbon neutralization or patients losing their suffering through pain neutralization. Mm-hmm. do you understand what yeah, i mean I, I, I get, and I there's get, no I, unity it drives me mental simple no. it drives me mental you and me both that's I, why I, does everyone I, I, hate everyone but well, <laughs> no, like because like, you like, you must know a little bit more because you're on that side like i like you see I'm sure you see like this whole you're not being an activist the right way and it all like you know, you're doing something wrong and everyone wants to criticize and fight. Why can't everyone just like love each other? Like, good for you. <laughs> but, yeah. so I understand why you're going about it. You're going about it that way. And it's only going to help the industry. I'm going about it my way to also help the industry, but I'm not going to pull you down. Do you understand? There is, yeah. Have you ever heard of the uh, analogy of crabs in a bucket?
0: So there is a thing if you put crabs in a bucket, they pull each other down when they try and climb and clamber out of the bucket. So somebody observed this as kind of just a, a, what do you call it? A um, Sort of analogy, I guess, for human society, that people, when they are suffering, when they are in the bottom of the bucket, when they are fearing the inevitable consequences of what happens from being caught by humans, um, they would rather turn on each other and go down together. They do not want to see anybody make it out. And I think, unfortunately, that scales up into human uh, anthropology and our societal sort of inclinations in that when we are destitute, when we are left systemically impoverished, the idea of seeing somebody else make it of something so similar to what you've been saying or, or, or trying to do is painful. And I think to a lot of people that are not as conscious as they could be or as, as, as aware as they should be and mindful as they should be day to day in their actions, end up reacting out of fear they end up reacting out of, of anger and and ultimately anger is just is fear and it all boils back down to this this kind of notion that they'll be left behind i'd rather there is no industry than i don't get a play i suffered too and that's my argument against the yeah but it's all for the patients. because are being
1: a dick of course you're going to get left behind i mean like if you're being supportive of uh, course you're uh, going to get dragged uh, along i mean that's just what happens in this world i mean like, like yes, i've got but, loads uh, of people in this industry who have who, who have been nothing but supportive. For example, yeah. for, let's just say for the, this, this example, you called me yesterday seeing if I can come and do a podcast because someone else bailed, okay? And I'm supporting, do you know what I mean? I've got your back, why? Because I wanna grow with you. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I wanna have a job, I'm, I'm 30, 33 years old, this industry is gonna go on for the next thousand years, which means it's gonna go on for the rest of my life and, and some you as well. I want to be on this journey with you. You know what I mean? I want to, you know, like, like, I want to be part of your pack. Do you know what I mean? And the same with everyone out there, because the stronger we are, like, you know, there's strength in numbers and we all have our, purpose. it's not about, you know, pulling something or having value. All right. He's in a position now. If I've got an idea, he can make that idea happen. And I've got people who are higher than me. And I don't look at them. And want to pull them down. I want to fucking join up with them. And I want to, you know, I, I want to join up with them. I want to add value to what they're doing. And I want to add value to this industry as a whole. This is what you're doing, Simpa. Yeah, I, do you I mean, I, sorry, I, sorry. That's no, it's okay. It's okay. I, I get the
0: sentiment entirely. And again, uh, I don't know, I need to read more philosophy. I haven't read anything in several years. But Voltaire, a uh, French guy came in my head there. Of, I may disagree with you, but I will fight to the death to defend your right to say it. I uh, may disagree with what you're saying, but I will fight to the death for your right to say it. <clears throat> and that's where I stand in this, is that, Nobody, no matter how horrible of a person you are, deserves the continuation of criminalization for involvement in cannabis in any which way. And I not necessarily rally against the patients. I know in in some of the patient circles, um, I do get a bad rep and I am trying to kind of engage with this this dialogue and show that I'm not anti-patient. I'm pro-everybody in that the, just because can card and these other systems that are now vastly, vastly over, they're like eight to nine times more subscribed to than the prescription system. The, that shows that then these people are still accessing it from the legacy market. They're still choosing to want to grow their own. They're literally wanting defense. So we're, we're on the precipice of a situation where California was in 1996 when the air quotes legalized medical marijuana um, and they had 13 qualifying conditions. The next year, they had a, a, a per capita Epidemic, I suppose, of back pain and and headaches and and insomnia because there were three of the qualifying conditions. And there's a lot of people in this community, and this is what I was kind of alluding to before about saying that they haven't bent necessarily, but they've kind of gone out of fear, I suppose, and the need for safety because they've got family, they've got kids, they've got a job, they've got whatever. They're not in the fortunate or, to some people, unfortunate position I'm in. I have nothing to lose. This is my life. This fight is my life. I, I see nothing to come from this other than... An inevitable end of the war on drugs and a universal and ubiquitous acceptance of people's right to frankly get fucked up, whether that be for therapeutic gain or not. We can then have the later conversation once we end the criminalization of people. You have uh, so, it just done in Italy, right? Yeah, Italy's an interesting case because again, Italy have just said that home cultivation of what is it, four plants. Um, but the issue is that at the same time, they've then just nearly doubled. The, I love um, that. the the char- I the charges love on, that. On, on,
1: on trafficking i love that i think it's genius why because it's like yeah you've all got your right to consume cannabis but, but it's, it won't be fucking growing something and selling it to someone as a cure for cancer you will go to jail because i'm not saying cannabis can't cure cancer but i'm saying you don't know if your cannabis is actually going to cure that person's cancer so it's like mental but yeah but it, if we but if we draw it straight back to, to what what to just for what just also so it stops not, gang violence and it stops gang it stops gang it, 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 i kind of like it i think it's incredible because why is it everyone can grow everyone can grow yeah
0: yes but that doesn't then help them get out of their impoverished system if they're still poor and they then have this weed and they have this resource that makes money and they then sell it and they've got a prison for twice as much yet the businessman they don't have who's to sell got, it yeah but how else are they then going to make money if the economy is closed and controlled Remember, poverty is a deliberate mechanism that was, is a, a consequence of neoliberalistic policies and capitalism, that in order to have vast excess, there needs to be a controllable impoverished population. So what I'm arguing for is cannabis is the best resource for people to grow their way out of poverty. Everybody should be able to sell at farmers markets, to to clubs, to dispensaries. It should be tested at every level. There should be commercial regulation, but everybody should be given the same right. The Thai Thai government is saying that families and everyone can grow their cannabis, sell it to the government, they test it, they sell it out through models. I think otherwise. What we're going to do is create prohibition
1: 2.0, where if you've got the money and the licenses and the friends, that's you can grow as much as you want, and but not. That's two different things. So you should be able to grow it, sell it to a government who will test it and pay you out, or sell, it to a or sell it to a yeah, sell it to like a dispensary hub, okay, who will who will pay you out based on your crop, or you selling it directly to an end consumer. I like the idea of selling it to a hub. I like the idea of selling into a dispensary style model where there's a little bit of validation. Cause the problem is as well as most people don't have the education you have. So I think you should have this license. Okay. And I think that there are loads of people out there. I think there's a lot of people out there who, who understand cannabis, who should have this license, mm. but the same way that I shouldn't just be able to go and, brew my own gin and sell it at a farmer's market because i could potentially kill someone the same way you know people use herbicides and pesticides i saw some dude who's never grown weed before decided to start growing cannabis and he's using the same pesticides that he uses on his tomatoes you know the same external pesticides he uses on his tomatoes he uses like he he sprayed on his crops and it sucked into the plant because it's you know, like it's it's not smart, it's dangerous. And then when you smoke those motherfucking pesticides, it's basically you're smoking MCAT. But then it's it's a, it's harm reduction, isn't it? Because otherwise, look at the minute we've got millions,
0: and I mean millions of pounds leaving this country every goddamn day through Russians, Lithuanians, and Albanians. To the point of, we've now set up uh, an intergovernment agreement between the justice ministers of the UK and Albania that everyone we catch is getting banned for life from the UK. And from what are you him. talking about? What
1: illegal grows? Yeah. So there's and there's also Vietnamese and there's Thai human, human trafficking. And then there's exactly, also yeah, yeah and, and then there's also the uh, what's it called? There's like the triads and the, and, and yeah. all that sort of thing. Like, sure. like and then most controlled gangs. Anyway, and also there's like the gangs from yeah. Tottenham, and then there's so, so, you know so the we- gangs from Liverpool, and yeah. then there's. You know, yeah, it's so, so, all over so, the place.
0: Yeah. So if we don't, the way to disempower the worst parts of them is to legitimize them. If it wasn't, they're controlling the market through violence because they can't do it through suing them. They can't ring the police and go, they just stole our crop so they have to go and chop them up so that nobody else then comes and chops them and i'm not i'm a pacifist i'm not advocating violence or condoning it i'm just saying that you can understand the mechanisms within their culture and within their systems that arise as a consequence there's of, no other of the, of there's the criminal, no other like, criminalizing route. yeah so this is what i want to see for legacy is you literally kind of go we have a truth and reconciliation committee the same as they did after apartheid in south africa Everybody is invited. There is no criminalization, no recrimination. Everybody gets to speak their truth. The cops come, the CPS, patients come, businesses come, gangsters come, human trafficking victims come, people that have worked within the the, uh, reform organizations. Everybody comes to Goddamn Gather. We have a conference for a couple of goddamn weeks, and we actually develop a narrative and a dialogue and have a discourse about what the fuck has happened because there is so much more that has gone on than any of us can even really touch on the horror stories that, that come out of this shit, but they exist within pockets. So there are entire p- parts of the UK cannabis community that don't see the human trafficking, that don't see the violence, that don't see what is going on there because they they've also cre- don't they've, ask the question. But a lot of them have created their own culture separate from that because of it. But they don't also well, then want to be bought out by pharmaceuticals or become nutrient companies or a wellness company or whatever else they've got to do to play that game. They are a cannabis recreational or adult consumer brand. And, and they represent a large millions, tens of hundreds, if not millions of people around the world who, yes, they may gain a therapeutic benefit from cannabis, but will not go to a doctor and empower that system. They want to grow a plant, use it as they wish and develop a personal relationship with it. And I think if that relationship extends to them needing to sell a few ounces to, to get on an agreement between friends. I mean, I can cook food in my kitchen, sell it to somebody. Like a mate come around and go, Oh, I need 20 quid. I'll make you some bits. If they then get sick of it, sick from it, because there was no contract, there's no defense of it. It's between two people. We could go to a, uh, a court, I suppose, in the UK and argue small claims, but th- we don't really have that litigation culture, not fully anyway, uh, the, the Americans do yet. So there are these, these allowances. This is I'm where the- i pretty sure you getting... could
1: still go to jail for that, Sipa, if you've charged, yeah. if you've charged and there, there's proof that you've charged, Okay, so let's say he hasn't given you 20 quid cash, but he said 20 quid to your account, and he wrote for food. The same way that if you give someone a lift in your car and you charge them petrol and you have a crash, they can sue you because, you know, you don't have a carrier's license. Mm -hmm. Do you mean you don't have a... Uh, you're, you, don't, you, you, you don't have one of those FSA cool. or like Borough Food Hygiene Regulations. You know what I mean? It's not hard to get. Doesn't cool. cost any money. Now I do believe that there needs to be some level of control just to protect the vulnerable. But that should In come. In a weird to, that way, I don't really care about go. the recreational market. I don't. Care. Oh. Like, sorry you broke up there we here yeah hey yeah sorry sorry Welcome my, my internet connection is unstable apparently that's not good am i back yeah you're back cool so basically uh yeah it's, uh, for, for me it's all about the patients uh, it's not really about the recreational market like in all honesty i don't really care about the recreational but, market but, but to interject a second can you understand that the previous sentence you've just
0: said versus what we're talking about with that unity. If we do not care for each other, uh, so fine, then, uh, then uh, how, uh, can, uh, how can uh, we how can we coexist? I,
1: I said it wrong. I kind we had that little break of the system, and I kind yeah. of repeated what I said in a much shorter way. So basically, it's. I want patients to get them that to. I want patients to get products which are right for them. That's where my like my blinders are fixed. Okay. Yeah. Now I want this general unity because I believe that the knowledge of this recreational market, when used appropriately, will actually give patients a better product. Yeah. Well, there, most of the better geneticists, most of the better people who actually understand this market have unfortunately had to work in the underground recreational world because they haven't been given the laboratories by Cambridge and Oxford in order to pursue their advances in their education. But in terms of recreational consumption, all right, that's not really where my heart is. My heart is as a you know, medical consumer, you know, and that's why I, I, I want the system to grow there. Now, like I said, I love this whole Italian model because it enables recreational users to do whatever the fuck they want, which is kind of incredible. It gives them the ability to literally
0: be recreational users. But then it also needs to include within that, what happens then if I grow uh, grow some weed, you come over and I pass you a joint. They, is, they, is, they, that, they is, that, is that trafficking in supply? What if you bring over and you've just grown some lovely shishkaberry, I've just grown some wicked chem dog, and we go, oh, let's trade an ounce each. Again, there needs to be protections for the minor. The the, the the acts of living, the the in the normal what should be acceptable human behavior in the same way because otherwise we're going end up with tra- you'll end up with trafficking offenses and all sorts and people falling into this remit as a f- as a form of classism and that is the other element that is massively missing from this conversation. A lot of the people who are in legacy, like I said, they became legacy growers, dealers, vendors, suppliers is as a, as a consequence of their class of growing yeah, up economically deprived that. and you' growing up in an area where, you're not going to get to go to Cambridge because you already, you talk with the wrong accent, yeah? Or you, you're really rough and you don't but there's have some incredible that. brains. There are some, some incredible of the, some brains Some of the smartest people are, that I have ever met in this world are intimidating as shit. Literally, I've met fucking blokes that, that lift every goddamn day that are the sweetest thing that should be fucking academics. They, they are the cleverest people I've known the people do not fit these 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 preconceptions no, that we, right. are so, we are we are so i maybe. don't think
1: it's fair actually what i said then i don't care about the recreational market i do care about them i just it's it's hard it's I, 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 unity and it's kind of like you know I, I, like you said very often you know, it's this compartmentalization of this industry so it's kind of like you're focusing your little bubble and, we can, ah, can only we can it. only live in our I'm own i'm so world. guilty of yeah. it Me am so me, guilty me of too, it man
0: me too but the best thing we can do is is to be humble with that. And I've tried to change my position. I try not to say, we need to do this. We should do that. I try to go, we could, or we should, or what if? And try to, even in the way we soften our language with the discourse with each other, we're not being standing at opposite ends of a spectrum, screaming at each other. We could actually just walk to the middle and have a discourse. And actually, usually we're, we're pretty spot on. It took me a few, again, I'll hold my hand up. It took me a few years to get my head around why there were people going quietly behind closed doors, cannabis, cannabis, cannabis. And then they've got a company going hem, hemp, hem, hemp. hemp, hemp. And I kind of get the need to, as I said earlier, to to, to skirt that, to, to work around those legislations, to create that business business for in their in their uh, understanding and, and rationale to then be a cannabis company in the future. Yet then there are other people that are then doing the same thing. They're just not going to take that that legitimate step inwards for a little while. So backwards, legitimate step inwards.
1: They're going to continue with the building. My, my biggest fear, my biggest fear, is that when. Okay. When God, so my, my my phone started ringing. I do apologise. Uh, When, Jesus, I lost my trail of thought completely there. Okay. Uh, God forbid, if anyone gets a criminal record, they'll never be allowed in the legal system. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. It's like any high-profile legal job. No one wants to hire a criminal, even if you're a criminal, for what that legal job is. Do you mean it's almost like getting arrested for being a goddamn good lawyer and then never being allowed to be a lawyer ever again. Mm. And th- this is what like, it's my biggest fear. My biggest fear is that they're going to create this separation between the knowledge, which is actually impeccable and needed and the people who can use that knowledge to make this market better. And I always urge people like to kind of be as smart as possible because I really do believe there's going to be a change in the next few years. And I think there needs to be this coming together. I really do, because if not, the entire market's screwed. If there's not someone thinking the way you're thinking, Simpa, within the legal system, the legal system's never gonna go in the right direction. And if there's not people out there hustling and and turning and learning about cannabis the way the grassroots legacy market is within the legal system, then it's not gonna go anywhere. It's not going to go anywhere. And like, I'm, it's like this constant conversation I have with, I had a Product up with so many people. I said, like, just do yourself a favor, don't get in trouble. If you get in fucking trouble, then in five years, when it all turned, you're gonna be fucking kicking yourself because you're not gonna be able to do shit and you're too valuable to be getting in trouble. And I was walking around that room at Product Earth and I was seeing incredible brains. I'm just like, just don't go and get yourself arrested please don't go and get yourself arrested. Because I, I see what happening in America. You have these incredible brains who are not allowed near cannabis. You're not allowed near it. Do you mean they got arrested the day before legalization was voted and they're not allowed near cannabis. It's freaking insane. And it's- we're on the cusp of something. Italy out of nowhere has just created this legalization. They're not gonna be able to control it. Also, I don't know what you know about Italy. Italy is the most black market country on the planet. Okay, they are just the hustlers of all hustlers. They are such big hustlers that they're the only country in the world which has its own special division of police called the fiscal police, who are tax police, who have more power than anyone else in Italy, and they can basically just rob your shit. I mean, they are such a corrupt country; they have to like police to shit out, of it, and even those police systems are viable. I mean, what's going to happen in Italy over the next three years is going to show the rest of the world what you know one flag in the ground will do. Italy is going to be like California. It's gonna go mental. They won't be able to control it.
0: For for at least a couple of years. Yeah. I mean, the European Union are quietly I, the world is very small. The world is very small. I'm not going to give away too many details, but somebody that I'm working with on consulting at the minute, um, one of their clients who's something that they do as a separate business, who oh, fell off my desk there, um, happens to be working as part of the legal team that are drafting the European legalization model the full cannabis model um so we know that that's been building and brewing for for quite a while so i think yeah luxembourg basically jumped out of nowhere and scared the shit out of people switzerland were quietly doing their thing that they've done for a long time and i'm not going to get too controversial with politics but if you look into their history then motherfuckers just wanted to control a market so we can see what was then popping up there. The raids then in Spain in the end of 2020 towards the, the, the seed farms and everything else, there is a certain clearance occurring. And I think countries are then going, let's get a model up and going now because it's better to make some goddamn money before we're forced into global governance. And I think that's what the states have done in America. There's, what, eight, 19 now so-called recreational or adult market states, and they all have very different models. But the most recent ones are expunging those records. So they are trying to make allowances. I mean, they're trying to give 50% of licenses in some places to people that have convictions that have come from these markets. So actually, what I would say to anyone that has already got in trouble is there's still space for you. I will fight for you. And I know that may not sound much, and I'm not meaning to say that I'm I'm, I'm anything that can help, but I'm not going to lay down arms, as it were, metaphorically. I'm not going to stop chanting and shouting and, and berating people until we're all free from this. We can change the law for medical today. We can then make hemp next year. We can then do this and that. And until we change the law collectively, globally, for all drugs, for us all to have that ubiquitous freedom to explore our consciousness and, frankly, yeah, to pacify our pain, whether it be that which is created through it being impoverished, whether it is through living on a planet that is burning to death, uh, burning on one half and uh, drought in the other, uh, sorry, drowning in the other. You know, half the world can't eat, half the world can't drink clean water. It's we're in a, a fucked up state where. Actually, if we do this right, we solve everything. And I think that's the scariest thing. So a question I'd like to ask you is, do you think that true, like the ubiquitous adoption of cannabis is almost antithetical to capitalism? Do you think that these markets and what we're seeing as the current limitation and restriction of cannabis is, is finite? Because I mean, look at California, the, they're producing so much, the price
1: per pound is like down to six, eight hundred dollars. However, price per pound for for, for top quality stuff is up to like $5,000. And that's what happens when you give everyone the ability to grow a plant. Half the people grow it well, half the people grow it badly, half the people care, half the people don't care. And there is a big spread in the quality of cannabis coming onto the market. Now, half the farms growing a poor quality cannabis will end up just running it as a dissident, which will sit on a shelf somewhere and be used over the next two years in gummies or some form of fast paced consumer goods like an edible or something like that or a balm. but i reckon that those people would have done better just growing hemp for construction purposes or direct themselves differently you know like one of my biggest rules in this industry is what i can, what i tell everyone is don't do what everyone else is doing well, you they- know and i feel like that's what everyone wants to do in this industry everyone looks at thy neighbor and they're like well he's doing really well doing this i reckon i can do that you know like we all have our we all have our strengths, and we all have our 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 uh, you could sort of our X factor to add to this industry. You know, some of us are voices, some of us are brains, some of us are hands, and some of us are souls. You know what I mean? And it's very important for you to understand where you actually stand in this industry, in order to kind of make this industry the best. If you look at let's say the gold, you know, in the you know, the the 1800s in America, you look at the companies who really did well, they weren't the ones who were mining gold. They were the ones who were transporting the gold. You've got Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo is one of the biggest transporters in the world still. They started moving gold from the hills back down to the banks. Okay, that's where they made their money. You've got pickaxe companies, you've got bucket companies, you've got Levi's, the denim company. They all built their businesses off of the gold rush. Not one of them dealt with gold. You know, and one of the, it's like the same thing at, Project, uh, at, at this Project Earth. I was walking around, the people who make all the money in this industry, the packaging companies, they're the ones who make all the money. And I was walking right. around, I was seeing some of the orders these guys are taking, you know, like, sure one dude made like a 45 grand order in front of me. And I asked him, how much it cost you to make that? He was like, 5%, 10% but they offer the service making 40 42,000 pounds off of packaging or something ridiculous like yeah. that. And I'm saying like, it's important for you to know that if you're a graphic designer, you shouldn't be growing weed. You should be a graphic designer for the cannabis industry and specialize in cannabis-based graphic design. Do you know what I mean? And you should have your, your artistic way of doing it. That's what your skills should be. If you're a gardener, yeah, you should be a grower. But if you find yourself that you're good at making lotions and potions, don't be a grower. Be a but lotion the, and potion maker.
0: The issue is still then margins. So again, it's, it's all well and good if you're from, from a class or you have enough affluence to be able to do that. But a lot a lot of people and a hell of a lot more people since uh, the, the COVID-19 pandemic have ended up living hand-to-mouth, hand-to-mouth. And the best way, if you consume cannabis, if you can go down from paying £200 an ounce to growing it for about 30, 40 quid an ounce, if not less, depending if you get real good to it, then... You make that concession. Also, if you then live in an area where the only weed you can get is off the, the kids in, on bikes that will stab you if you look at them or ask them what what strain is this, like what how will it affect me? You know, what I mean, and there there is that full spectrum. And again, to not get what too too to to limited with system? it. With people, what are the choices to have? Do you then, if the eyes Instagram, assume, Facebook. But how many people get scammed off Instagram? It is constant. It is constant. I literally every other day. At some point, I need to do a screen. I review. don't
1: buy off of Instagram, but I'm very fortunate. I'm very fortunate. I've been in. I've been in this world for a long enough time that I've got several very close, you know, links with people who have, you know, far greater skills than I have when it comes to acquiring top quality herb. However, I don't. What's the word? Like. I don't understand why people support a system why they hate which they hate so much. I mean, there's because always another option. There's always the, another option. That sounds mean. I don't. another option. I don't mean this to
0: sound too oppositional, but this sounds very close to the kind of uh, counter narrative
1: to just get over it. No, it's ment- not just to, to let go into into you Don't health. support a system you hate. If you don't like picking up off of little hoodlums who are going to stab you, don't pick up off the yeah, hoodlums. So yeah, so if you're
0: you've got <laughs> that fear on this side, but on the other side of it is you it helps you sleep, it helps you eat, it, it helps you with a condition, but you can't access, you don't even know. The vast majority of people in this country still do not know that the laws change in 2018, which means they could privately be prescribed cannabis they do not, not have any awareness yeah, of this. Yeah, they may, I realise that as well. They may, have, see, no they may have seen it on Coronation Street or in, in, in put into media with all the CBD and everything else and kind of are the ones who turn up in High Street. They've got to remember the vast majority of people are not as informed and not involved in this. We are drowning in this content and this knowledge and this information because we have chosen deliberately. You and I, were literally the same age. We have chosen at a very similar time as well, actually, to both choose to enter this and again with the blinkers and we we can only ever see what we can see but then we have to always remind ourselves to be humble that just because we're not aware of something doesn't mean it's not there and so there is the vast other people that are not involved in this sphere I mean you and I as we said it's a small world because you want to six degrees of separation they used to say before the internet it's probably three nowadays but in the cannabis industry it's one you talk to one person and you can get to one I suppose that's two but if you talk to one person you get to that person you want it's literally it's that it's gone to the one person <laughs> but, yeah, but, you, but you can approach it as well if you are in the industry. You can approach him it because it's so new, it's so novel, and so uh, bohemian, I suppose. In, in that, it's a marketplace of ideas in a, a car, not car crash. A, a, a beautiful um, sort of manifestation and collaboration of people from all walks of life, from all different backgrounds. And what I was saying before and still continue to allude to is that the classist element that plays and permeates out in every part of our culture is massively playing out here. The the people who are growing and helping their communities, and I know vendors in this country that supply litres upon litres of oil, and they get it tested, they actually own test equipment, they work within the best constraints and the best uh, protocols, and they keep up to date with people like yourself. They're watching all this shit, usually with derision, I'll admit, but they're they're, they're trying to create that better product and do that better service. But because they also then sell weed in boxes and kilos around the country... They're criminalized on that side and it's they're doing it because in their world it would be a betrayal of their class of their culture of their community of the people they've struggled with for decades to kind of as it were sorry for the name drop but go to the first wednesday club you know to get to join into that kind of world and that realm of, of high investment and of building big companies to them it's it's against their roots. They, they want to build a company in an industry in their village, in their town, in their city to serve their people. They don't want a board and a and all this other stuff. They want to everybody to be growing so that they can sell and trade, and everybody has that bit more. Not everybody wants to be to be rich and to be powerful in that sense. The vast majority of people just want to to eat three meals a day, have enough time to spend with their family, develop close familial relationships um with, with 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 friends to be a part of their, their society and their culture and actually give a hand in, in gardening projects of of cooking projects of helping tackle homelessness and whatever when people actually have the time and the energy they want to be part of their society and i think the do best you thing think that- they want
1: to be part of the society so do they want to be part of the system or do they want to operate next to the system in their own system
0: well, this, this is it because the, the system is... We're getting too meta, I suppose, in this conversation. The system is almost an illusion. It is it is water. The current system is the ocean, and the ocean is made of drops. And so if you remove the drops from the ocean, there is no ocean. So we people are trying to change their philosophies, their individual approaches in their direct life. And I always say to people that is the best form of direct activism is to find a way to get these conversations into the ears of your loved ones, because they are the ones who will... Will understand most, or are supposed to at least with compassion go, <laughs> Dave. I don't agree with you. You're an idiot, but I love you. And they will give you that space to plant those seeds into to massage that knowledge into something viable and, and mold it into something that they can understand and see that's tangible. And from there, they can then go. Oh, do you know what? Sort of our kid last night, and he was saying, "Is this you know the CBD?" It does, and it spreads that that information and that that knowledge. And I think so. To the back to the argument of conversation of unity, I think everybody needs to keep going in their avenue, but we need to create discourse. You know, what through three is, platforms
1: like this, through you know, debates and quiet, quiet private conversations. You, you know, I mean, of my d- dreams are simple. Yeah. So you know, you have those uh, massive old warehouses in Sheffield, which all used to be used for the steel industry. Yeah. And they're now all abandoned, massive old, just basically. Acres and acres and acres and acres of indoor, probably asbestos filled, dilapidated warehouse. And I was like, one of my dreams is for that to be one of the biggest cannabis producing areas in Britain, because why shouldn't it be? It has the workforce, it has the infrastructure, and the, the knowledge can be passed, it can be shared. You know, like, but why not? But England needs to enable that to happen. And someone super rich needs to come in to make that shit happen. Do you know what I mean? But it will give stability and it will give a, you know, it will provide, you know, they talk about a hundred thousand jobs if they were to legalize cannabis in the UK, you know, like and, 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 the rest. and the rest, but a hundred thousand, yeah. you know, like other people talk about 500,000 jobs. It can literally hire a, a, an actual percent of the population. If, if we did it, if we did it properly, It wouldn't just be
0: the recreational drug side of it or the adult consumption side of it at all. It would be the complete renewance and and a a 10-year at least program of rebuilding the entire infrastructure of this country removing that asbestos, removing that concrete and replacing it with these materials. If we, had, if we had these vertically integrated businesses, like I said, there's a project in South America that is vertical warehousing, growing a million low-THC cannabis plants, sequestering and pumping atmospheric CO2 and sewage into it to feed it hydroponically to then create biomass to burn into an incinerator, pump the CO2 back into it. It's so viable as a project that can then start pumping uh, rubbish into it and sequester the carbon. It's carbon negative. Uh, it then creates clear waterways, and then, if they actually it into that high THC, you could then have a, a section within this automation that removes then the oils. So the, we can we can actually create high tech engineering solutions. I mean, we don't actually have to have old school farms. We still can and still engage with that. But if we looked at it, that is a government project instead of uh, let's legalize and let certain sectors of, of venture capitalists make vast amounts of sums. We could, we could build an infrastructure that will last 100 years in this country. So, I think we, uh, we need somebody with that grand skill. I, I agree that it always will have to, unfortunately, be people with money and influence going through the door first. My hope, sincerely, is that if they at least won't keep the door ajar, that one of us can get our foot wedged in there so that we can barricade and get that down because it can't just be that a few are allowed in to create a new, highly toxic, highly limited uh, global industry because then we're going to miss the, the most vital and important parts of this, its ability to tackle climate change, its ability to create revenue in regions. We don't then need centralized um, industry. We can literally have it. We can build a village, a town, and then have these projects attached to them. Everybody works in some far, part to it, whether it's in production of, of materials, whether it's, it's then in uh, the sort of the drug, the manufacture. I mean, we're starting to see now the inf- infrastructure and industries of tobacco and alcohol look at cannabis for long term. They've invested money beyond most of us where it could even imagine, zeros upon zeros upon zeros, because they're seeing that the infrastructure is already there for drinkable cannabis. The vertically integrated systems of how you produce tobacco into cigarettes is there for then pre-rolled cannabis joints. And again, the industry that's got ahead now, unless it understands these legacy industries, unless they start talking with energy production, which is what they are now instead of oil producers, unless they start talking to textiles. These companies are just going to come in and buy them out. They're going to co-op them, steal the best parts and destroy them. And the way we have longevity is in the entirety of anybody who believes in cannabis is through one cannabis policy, which protects all of us, decriminalizes everything across the board, but creates punitive restrictive measures on commercial and industrial uh, uses and sale. So we can all grow as much as we want and that's fine. But as soon as I go to use it in something, if I try to make it into a tincture or a, Uh, something that somebody can use I think that has to be tested before it could then be sold but there should then be the decriminalized discretion that if I make something and give it to someone as a gift I shouldn't then face criminalization for it unless there is an act of malice unless I have intentionally tried to cause harm because that's the same as the other things that we've discussed it's like the farmer's market model isn't it yeah, so it's the same as we already kind of have. Like, there's growers around here that'll they'll grow to their cycle. They'll then use all of theirs, go to two or three growers and go, can I borrow an ounce, can I borrow an ounce, can I borrow an ounce? And then when they come off, they repay them back. And they do the same to them. And so there's closed-loop economies where there's five or six people that never, their money never leaves other things. But all of the money they make from each other, or that they save from not going to the other markets, go to local shops. They, they put it in their cars. You know, they buy clothes. They're they're, they're Actually, into, living into the economy, whereas then if we have vast companies like Cure Relief and whoever else come in and buy and own hundreds, thousands of eventual dispensaries, then all of that money is taken offshore to hide it in these companies. So they're doing the same asset stripping that the Albanians, the Triads, the, the whomever are involved are in doing they're growing on scale doing or on a more legal basis. Yeah, so whereas what I say, the best way to stimulate the economy and keep everything on the fucking island, I'm not a nationalist by any measure, but I believe that the longevity of the future of everybody in this planet depends on localism, not globalism. We've, we've hit the peak of that. There are some things that will have to remain internationally viable and tradable, but techno- technologically, we can grow and, and, and create artificial climates to grow anything with negative energy impacts. That's, that's the level we're at now. We just need the willingness. But a post-energy economy, so as in no one pays for power, that's terrifying. That's trillions wiped out of the economy. We have to fill that. We then look at then the post-fossil fuel again, trillions out of the economy. We have to fill that. And it can't, we can't threaten those industries with medical here and hemp there and recreational there. Oh, we're sorry, we will threaten them, but they will then come in and co-opt and take it. So like I said, if we build to a power of unity through everyone that is cannabis, whatever your limit or your focus be, you know what I mean? It's, we can all work together, because ultimately the end goal empowers and enriches all of us. If we truly get this right, cannabis will always be infinite. You, the, 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 there will always be profit within something. We're still, they're saying that the industry is crashing out and they want to limit production in the world because they're still only thinking about the fucking flour. Once we get to it, we need to get the ability to produce graphene batteries like this for not for
1: not pence. Once As you can opposed get, once to, you- so this is the coverage not- we're having yesterday. This is actually very important. So no one understands the negative impact of, of batteries. This whole idea, you know, I actually drive a Jeep Wrangler. Okay. It's one of the biggest gas guzzling cars on the planet. And, uh, <laughs> uh, what's it called? You know, uh, my girlfriend jokes about it. She calls me, uh, what's it called? Like an earth killer. Okay. So she goes, yeah, like when we drive around, she'll joke, she'll be like, I'm driving around with the earth killer. Okay. And we were talking about this cause it's not, it's not fair because no one understands how much pain, and suffering goes into the making of a Tesla battery. No one knows about the thousands and thousands of children who die on a yearly basis mining graphene no one knows about the horrific cancers this graphene causes and the mining process causes in local areas people then don't know about what happens to batteries after they get used where do they go they go straight into the bottom of the ocean and they poison everything and then what happens is you have this entire life cycle of pain and degradation but no one talks about it. It's the way forward. So it's this whole, like, you know, there's pros and cons behind absolutely everything. And it's a little bit, we live in this world, unfortunately, where you only hear the pros, which they want you to hear. And you only hear the cons, which they want you to hear. Now, as long as the the loud voices are controlled by the people with loads of money in their pocket, then unfortunately they're going to kind of control the voices which are heard about cannabis, you know, like, and they will control the limitations of it. So only when you could say those powers at B decide, unfortunately, that, you know, this is the next moneymaker, that the rest of us will have our opportunity. And we will have our opportunity because they won't be able to do it without us. The main thing, though, is that it is a buyer's market. Unfortunately, the buyers have forgotten that. And as consumers, as patients, as recreational users, you all have a choice. You know, it's very important. You guys all realize that you have a choice. You're just told you don't have a choice, but you actually do. And you have a choice to turn around to that little hood rat who sells you really rubbish. Like might stab you and say, so. you actually have, you have that choice. And guess what happens when all of you stop buying off of that person? He has to change his business practices. Why? Because he no longer has a business. And yes. it's, uh, it's very important that people understand that. But, and it's, like, it's almost like it's forgotten. It's like people are trapped in these systems and they forget that they actually have a choice, not massive choice, you can't choose to uproot your life okay. and change it, but you can choose the decisions you make, which might be a perpetuation of negativity as opposed to being a start of something new. Right, or am I, get, I completely I,
0: no, wrong? No, I get your sentiment. But again, to go back to kind of overview, as it were, flip the script. You're the on the bike. Why are you on the bike? Why are you acting rough? Why are you carrying a knife? What position are you in? If you've been sent to a town to then take over that area and you've got to then deal and make your your, your money each week, you've got to hit that mark. You're given five ounces or whatever, and you've got to sell that each week. And if not, you've got to pay for the shortfall. If your, your buyers dry up, there's negative consequences up that chain. So there's, there are, and I'm not saying then you need to support that person, but I'm, what I'm also saying is that it, it's really hard and I, I struggle with it every fucking day, but it, it no one is the enemy. Ultimately, every, what is it, uh, I often say, that everyone is the uh, protagonist protagonist of their own narrative. You know we're, all, we're, in all, we're all the hero in our story.
1: You know what's happened in America? The cartels have now, you know, they, they own dispensaries. Some of the nicest dispensaries in California, the best service, the the best places to go and consume cannabis in California, the nicest restaurants, the best smoking lounges, they're all cartel-owned. Why? Because people stopped buying rubbish swagweed off of the cartels about 15 years ago. And they were like, look, we're losing a billion dollars a year in order to, you know, make things work in this system. We have to kind of join the system and change the way we treat our clients. The same with those, you know, kids going country, you know, going out country and, you know, like, like all the gangs from London areas and up North in Liverpool who send the kids all the way around, you know, to smaller areas to sell drugs. They need to adapt They need to change. They need to become more professional and we have to stop empowering them to kind of control the market the way they do. You know, like that's not the way cannabis consumers buy cannabis anymore. Okay, so what we want now is we want a little bit of fucking respect from you. If you don't respect us, you will lose your income, and guess what? Just like the cartels, who are a hell of a lot more powerful than the drug, the, 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 the drug dealers up in Liverpool or the drug dealers down in London and the gangs and whatever, the cartels are more scary and more powerful. If they change, everyone will. But they haven't, haven't changed. So Of course Mexico, they have. Mexi- That's Mexi- why you have beautiful, Mexi- beautiful, 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 like, like californian and run businesses owned by massive, massive yeah. okay. crime families, but okay. they pay their taxes but, and they that, join but that, the system. But that doesn't mean they're not doing crimes on the other side of it. Look, Mexico, right. yes. Mexico is suffering with a,
0: ma- a massive insurgence of Calipax. They're now importing Californian weed from Cali to Mexico and because selling it at three times the fucking price.
1: No, actually, no. I've, I've heard the opposite because also you've got to realize that all drugs are legal in Mexico. That personal usage is decriminalized to a certain level. Yeah. And, and, and actually, I, I heard it was the reverse. I heard you could buy California weed in Mexico for, for a third of the price. Well,
0: again, it depends on sort of who you know. So it'll then be also you've got Cali genetics and things, and things like that, as in the same way we have UK Cali over here. So there is an infiltration, it's almost, it's a, an advertising mark. That's all Kali weed has become as it were. It just means exotic, it means uh, high-end, it means, you know, top shelf sort of weed. It also um, but, means but, but,
1: uh, but, 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 it but. means the latest genetics, it means growing, growing without fear. Yeah, but, now, most we, people I know, most people I know who grow, they grow with a constant fear in the back of their mind. Now, when you don't have these fears, you could do crazy shit like, spend $150,000 of your profit on other equipment because you know, that your, your company's not going to get shut down and what happens is, is you're allowed to almost compound your earnings on top of each other and almost build this empire as opposed to a lot of unfortunately dealers in the UK and growers in the UK as soon as they earn 20 grand they'll buy their Bitcoin they'll buy some gold they'll buy a Louis Vuitton bag and they spend all their money why because they, they're scared of the money the they're scared of, yeah, they're scared of the the what be. they could do with their cash and it's I know like a lot of to people get caught with it. I know a lot of people who unfortunately come from the working classes, okay? And I say that because they have a hell of a lot more money than people I know from the middle classes, but they're o- not allowed Oli to live. is air quoting there for people listening at home. Yeah, so, so it's, it's because uh, people, they're not allowed to live. They're not allowed to show their money. However, in California now, those people can show their money. You know, they can, they're allowed to live. They're allowed to buy themselves a boat. They're allowed to buy themselves a $1.8 million house. Why? Because the money which they've got under their bed, which they were never supposed to have in the first place. And they're living in a, they're living in in, in this, they're living this lifestyle where they don't want anyone to know what they've got. They're finally allowed to live and grow and they're allowed to use their money to and grow, grow with it. Do you understand? And build on their lives with it. Now, don't get me wrong. I know I'm talking very optimistically and not everyone. Has, I'm saying from a grower's perspective in the UK, I you know growers, as soon as the money comes in, it goes out. They don't want it. They're terrified of it because they know that the money and the weed means 15 years in jail. The weed means five years. The money means five years. But together, there's actual, you know, fear. And that's the biggest problem, I think, in the UK. And I feel like it's, if people need to get out of that mentality of... People get out of that mentality of uh, of living now and you need to start thinking about the future. And that's what legalization will hopefully give people. It gives that ability, people the ability to grow upwards. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? I might I, have just ran it out. Not, <laughs> not,
0: at all, not at all. No, I, I get entirely what you're saying. Um I, I do understand what you're saying, but then we have to remember that we both sit in a point of privilege. Of course. I, I am in a position where enough of Durham police from the highest ranks to beat officers know me have, have had to be called out to events or be dealt with me in some which way that I, and because of what i do I, i'm kind of not not protected by any measure at all but i think they understand enough that t- to come at me for something is probably not the wisest idea at this point point. and i think that obviously yourself working within equates as it were legitimate industry um again you're afforded that same kind of protection as so are the patients with prescriptions they are kind of given this discretion of, oh, i'm safe and yeah, from that point of safety, you're allowed to 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 build. But we know that uh, poverty and fear and and the 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 worry of not knowing where your next meal comes from actually affects IQ. It affects neurological um, structure of the brain. You know, it leads to, to more depression, anxiety. And from this, you end up in these, these difficult cycles, uh, neurologically speaking, where you, you you can't see anything other than the fear and other than being paranoid and scared and everyone is your enemy. And, and from that you, you take to really tend to lash out. And I think in some small way, I started this in a similar sort of way, is that it was almost out of fear that I started speaking. It was that I needed to find others that saw what I saw so that I felt safer. So that it wasn't just me feeling like the entire world was against me. And from the work that I've done as an activist, from the writing, from the people I've met, the places I've traveled, I found familiarity from billionaires to broke bums, as it were, to people living literally couch surfing places I've been myself, couch surfing meal uh, hand to mouth, you know, meal to meal. And the difference between them is money. Literally, the difference between them is money. That if I give that guy, that broke guy, that guy who is, you know, he's a bit like fucking rah too, fucking raf, rah, rah, so much, blah, can't, yeah. But it's probably got more scientific knowledge than Oxford. Until we can start to deal with those, those long-standing prejudices of like of classism of racism of homophobia bigotry in any form really the idea of difference towards other you're not wearing a suit so i'm not going to take you seriously you know the the memes and stuff of people like in in trackies and shit and then just get hitting on a lass and then they go no and then he goes and gets in a ferrari and she comes over that's what i feel like is the cannabis industry they're that lass they're waiting to see have you got money have you got something you can give me what can i get from you and most of the community has become guarded of that. They've yeah, seen they we that. have been astroturfed. You asked earlier about why there's so much hatred and division because of the politics of this. I have watched people infiltrate this community, set people
1: against each other. I have been weaponized against people within this community. So what do you mean by that? Talk to me, talk to me about that. Because once again, bear in mind that I try and keep myself in this happy, optimistic, Oli Mammon world where I'm always laughing and always happy. I don't watch the news because it makes me sad. I don't go on Instagram because it makes me angry. Do you know what I mean? So that's basically my little world. I don't like being miserable. So I stay away from any misery. I mean, like, who's turned you... Because I know there's a lot of hatred. I know there's a lot of trouble. I know that the community hates the individuals within there, like, like brothers hating brothers. Who have you been turned against?
0: Uh, I'm not going to name any names at at this point with things, but uh, basically there was... Some people obviously are aware of this. There was prominent activists within the community that arranged conferences and meetings where they pulled together people from the community to do presentations on other members of the community, to show their allegiances and alliances to what was at the time deemed the buggy of sort of Tilray and Aurora, which executives were present. There were people colluding with Vaultface and others to create what eventually became the 2018 so-called air quotes, medical cannabis laws in the UK. And it was the astroturfing, um, which is the deliberate sort of whitewashing and co-option of a grassroots movement towards a corporate interest. So that's the act of astroturfing. So this then occurred massively within the cannabis community and people were basically kind of bullied and berated into supporting the United Patients Alliance and that campaign and told that if we didn't, there'd be nothing. We were promised grow your own. We were promised they'd hold the door for us, they'd let us through and we'd have this conversation. We were promised all of these things. And then there was betrayals left, right and centre. People went into corporate jobs and there was bitterness. There was hatred and there was a lot of anger. And then people started eating each other. Clubs started eating clubs. There was so much crap went down of just nobody knew who was who, who was doing what. And so then, like I said, certain people walked into very high paying jobs. Other people managed to disappear off and go and buy houses, et cetera. And then the people on the grassroots were like, no, we stood outside parliament. We had plans, we got arrested. We, we challenged the system. And you went in there and signed a deal against us to, to create a corporate monopoly that three years down the line, less than three NHS prescriptions have been prescribed and about 7,000 people have been prescribed uh, on a private prescription system that has only enriched a handful of clinicians and doctors that otherwise know nothing about the system or the endocannabinoid system or even care for people because they're not advocating for people's rights to continue to consume the thing that's helping them now until they've got the position to give them something that they say can help them in the future. Suffering is occurring every day. Millions of people are in poverty. Every, everybody I talk to is in destitution in some form, be it spiritually, mentally, socially. We are more aware than ever that, that we are facing cataclysmic climate change, that we are facing changes in our, in our culture, in our society, in the way we live. We've just had a glo- we're coming, hopefully, fingers crossed, out of a global pandemic that has reset so many of our, our social norms, so many of our ideas of what it is to be human and if we don't have this overarching, continue to have these overarching conversations, I cannot see how we can move forward. I respect you for, for, for coming on to this. I've respected you for quite a while for the way you you reached out to me and the conversations and the honesty that we've always had and the fact that you have taken what I've said to you. You know, you know what I mean? You're not one of these people going, ah, I'm, I'm, I'm not listening.
1: You've always listened like, and had like that also, conversation. Look, we're, we're both part of the same world. We're just... We don't realize it sometimes. Do you know what I mean? And when I'm saying we, I mean, all of us, we're all part of the same world. We just don't realize. The end goal for all of us is all exactly the same. And the way we want to achieve it is all the same. I don't want to get to the top of the backs of other people. I don't even want to get to the top. I just want to kind of be in a position that I know I've kind of made a difference in this world i believe that's what we all want to do we want to be a position where we can look back and be like all right i've lived and i've made a difference okay you know like my legacy behind me is means something whether that's you've helped one person or you've helped someone build something whatever it is you want to look back and know that you've done something good you know there are like it's it's just about like seeing 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 something come to fruition and phantom memories is I don't agree with everything you're saying, but I also don't disagree with it. And this whole industry is all so convoluted and messed up. It could end up happening your way. And if it does, I won't be upset. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not my way or the highway. I'm not one of these guys who says it has to be done through the way Ollie Mammon says, all right. It's like, I don't, I don't think that way. I just like, I've got my my visual path in front of me of how i think it will play out you've got your visual path of how you think or how you hope it will play out however but at the end of those paths is both the same reality it's people getting what they need and that's what matters to me you know it's not really about the path and if i've got to support you because you seem like your path is actually going to make it more i'm going to back you i'm going to support you i'm going to push you over the finish line why because your goal and my goal is the same everyone who works this industry their goal is the same even it sounds really messed up those massive corporate companies out there i think even their goal is the same they just have it in a different format but their goal is still the same and i think they, we all yeah. need to realize that that you know we're fighting each other on the way to the the same ending and we're putting each other down on the way to the same ending you know like at first when i heard first heard about can card i was like is it a con now I know there's 15000 people signing. So i'm like cool I'm way this more, could it's be like 30 one. plus or if i 30000 people i'm like this could be the one now you know there's like 9 million pound which has been raised from can card. I mean like if that's used properly i mean that's incredible not, where, sorry can i ask where that figures from 30000 uh, 30, people 30 pound a card I can't do that math fast enough. If you've just done that, that's pretty good. (laughs) I think that's right. I could get my calculator. Is it
0: 900,000?
1: No, it's more than 900,000. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. I'm just going to try do do, do, do. 30,000 times 30. Yeah, sorry, 900,000. So basically, we were discussing in the office. It's a nine million pound business. The business, the business of CanCard is worth 9 million quid because it's got, you know, 30 quid a year for the next X amount 10 years because it's not a, an ongoing thing you have to pay yearly for CanCard. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Or am I wrong about that? Uh, I think it's an annual thing, yeah. Yeah, so it's an annual thing. So the company's worth 9 million quid. We'll talk about it this week. And if that's what ends up making legalization happen in the UK, Freaking awesome. Do you know what I mean? At first I was a little bit like, what is this? But now I'm like, well, if, if that's it, I'll support CanCard. If that's the means to the end for patients but, to get what they need. But CanCard isn't a fight for legalization.
0: CanCard no. is, is, is a fight for people that, as long as their doctor agrees with them and they follow protocols, they would be allowed access to, I'd hear saying street cannabis. but You get 1.5
1: million people with those CanCards, okay? they'll legalize cannabis because you've got 1.5 million people spending 30 quid a year, which means there's 45 million pounds a year. The government can swipe up straight away. Don't buy can card buy the government card and you're a legal cannabis consumer saying systems like that. But people don't, but but why do we,
0: I I don't have to have a license to go and buy alcohol, but I can drink myself to death in this flat. And then when people find me the next day, go, what a tragedy. No one's going to have a conversation about higher regulation and restriction. It's personal choice. If we create education and information that actually is... Are you (laughs) anti-Cancot? Hey, that don't... I am not anti-anything. I'm trying not to be anti-anything at this point. I'm trying desperately to understand the validity of all claims and all positions within this. I understand exactly what you've just alluded to before, that from each one's limited perception and perspective, they truly, if I feel my narrative which i've just said before which is that everyone is the hero or the protagonist of their own narrative they are the 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 lead in their story and no one wants to write themselves bad they believe they're doing that greater good but the consequence that compounds when everyone ends up doing their own good and there's no representation for everyone that falls into the majority at the bottom well the system doesn't benefit us so, can card I would say is the same as 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 Medican is the same as uh, the MedCan ID is the same as a prescription. It is in some form a document that is supposed to protect you from criminalization, from consequence, from a system that is ir- irrationally and illegally criminalizing you for something that isn't immoral that isn't wrong.
1: I'm so sure and, this
0: is how it started in America, though. It started well, yeah, it, did. It, Ameri- it, no, it started as the medical marijuana system in America. Yeah, and, it's and started, that got, ex- and that everyone got exploited. Everyone got their
1: recommendation. Everyone got their recommendation. Well, we
0: don't have either. recommendations. Well, we it have- It's the same sort of thing, isn't But it? it's not. It's far more pervasive and worse. And again, to, I'm not throwing any accusations here. All I'm going to do is speak my own piece on this. The sheer amount of metadata that is created by either the prescribed systems or a CanCard-like system, because they then get access to your NHS records. We, we fought for tooth and nail for decades to not have private enterprise have access to your medical documents, that anything that needed to occur within the medical system occurred insular through the NHS. So anything that occurs now as part of those systems is asset-stripping the NHS, is removing us further from a socialized, ubiquitous healthcare system. So if in that sense, yes, I'm anti those systems because they're going to disempower. Only, only small percentage of people are going to want the medical cannabis route. A lot of the other people, the vast majority of people I know, they go, oh yeah, I'm a recreational consumer, rah, 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 but it helps me this, helps me that. Would you ever this? No. Why? Because I'm not that. That's not my system. I don't want to involve a doctor and a lab and whatever. I'll continue to buy it from Dave down the street. Do you know what I mean? That, that we need It's the same as the end of The Matrix, Every first, the end of the first trilogy The Matrix. Everybody has that right to exist or should have. The system should allow the, here's our orchestrated, live in this and you'll be rewarded. But if you choose not to live in that system, you shouldn't then be punished for it. And I think that's the, the one thing I want to come out of any of these conversations I'm creating through this is that it isn't an either-or system. It isn't a binary debate. This is a spectrum discussion, and everybody has validity. Everybody's voice and claim, they may come across crass, they may come across difficult, it may be hard to interpret or understand, but everybody has validity in this point. And if we can learn to respect each other and take those stance, again, I'm not then saying I'm pro-Cancard, I'm pro-prescriptions. I'm not necessarily saying I'm anti-them. I'm just trying to get people to understand what happens if you give 10,000-odd people the right to go up to a police officer and go... <laughs> through their vaporizer go no 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 as i'm seeing loads of prescription patients do at the minute it then causes them to go and attack then the people who aren't protected and so there are people that still as you say that are growing now that every time a blue light goes past their house they're like, you know what i mean if they they can't open their tent at night because they're scared of the light getting out you know they've doubled black the windows that they've worried with extra carbon filters that all these extra things that people are going through to, to pacify that fear when if they, they wanted to, they could yeah, pay that extra money and have that piece of paper p- protection, but they feel it's disingenuous to who they are. I'm the same, I qualify for a med- legit, as it were, a legit medical prescription from any one of the clinics. I could get a can card, but I do not believe in that system. I believe in my sovereign right as a human being to choose to do what I wish. That That is it, as long as I cause no harm as to As long others, as you don't harm Exactly, others, as, you, as long as one no thing you always others. say,
1: which I kind of like, is the fact you don't harm others and Looking, it's a, it's a real t- like part of me, again, I'm I'm here. I've part of me agrees with you. Okay. Like, like you should be able to do whatever you want as long as you don't harm others, but then that classification of harm, okay, who defines what harm is. <laughs> <laughs> and then it gets so complicated. The problem is, is you're a very deep person and you're a very, uh, philosophical person, a philosophical, philosophical person and you're also in a very intelligent person and I feel like you have this this incredible view of what the world can be all right and what the world should be but I don't think the world's ever going to be that do you know what I mean whereas I'm that dude who's like look to the world like, all right the world is fucked okay <laughs> it's fucked it's not going to change always going to be fucked This is the way it works and all I want to do is I want to see people happy. So how do you work with this whole bunch of, how do you build a house from a bunch of broken bricks? It's possible, it's just tricky. So I feel like that's the world. That's what I see. And I kind of see myself trying to m- navigate this world of broken bricks in order to rebuild a structure around it. But I understand your logic and I kind of wish we can click our fingers and have that form of reality. But the problem is, is the world is we, we couldn't, we couldn't, if, if we're full of dicks, like everyone's yeah, but, too much of a dick yeah, but to enable part happiness part and joy. Yeah. Like you talk about to happen. But, yeah, but like part No part one of- would let the world be that. Like no one would let the world be that good. Like exactly, no one would.
0: Exactly. We couldn't, we couldn't, again, go, I suppose, back to The Matrix when he's talking to The, the Architect. I don't know why I've got The Matrix in his reference point at the minute. I think actually it's because I'm excited for the fourth one coming out soon. Um, when he's talking to The Architect, he's like they took uh, the first few iterations of it were flawless, were sublime, but because they weren't vicious enough, they weren't violent enough, it didn't portray the, 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 the shitness, I suppose, that can per- pervade human life. Uh, it rejected it, and they lost whole fields and crops. And I think the same would be true. If we tried to install this vision tomorrow, as it were, it would fail en masse. What I'm advocating for is the planting of seeds, the infiltration. I hope to, through this podcast and through my work, inspire people like yourself in positions of power, in positions of influence, and people who will grow into that to, to see the wider narrative, to then go, actually, yeah, and if they move 1%, if a million people take a handful of sand, we empty a beach. Do you know what I mean? That That's the power of this. I recognize that i i can't nor should i ever be given the authority or power to uh, to implement my vision i'm one man and i'm fallible i'm human and i'm fucking flawed i may just according to people like yourself be intelligent or whatever but i recognize the fallibility and i try to live humbly with my life and all i want to do is create discourse and discussion i don't ever want to be my way or the highway or this is the thing i only ever want to kind of go but what about this and this and with curiosity and compassion and with an underlying sense of kindness, explore what it is to be human, and hopefully in some small way find unity, find commonality, find companionship, and find acceptance ultimately. That's all I'm seeking in this world as a human, is acceptance of myself, to know how to live with myself each day, to live with the thoughts, good and bad, to live with the impulses, good and bad, to live with my inclinations, my character traits, my mental health, my physical health, my environment, my chosen profession. And I think that's all any of us can seek to do. And and so in that sense, we're all doing good, as long as we remind to check ourselves to see how that good causes harm to others. Because as you said, harm is interpretable. The guy who's going, that guy's growing weed next door, I'm going to get him raided so he's off the drugs and it'll save his life. He's helping him. But the guy next door who's growing that weed to stop his MS or his progressive Parkinson's or whatever, he's helping himself. So again, we have to try to zoom out a lot and try and stop this 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 black and white thinking, this binary judgmental of going, I'm writing out my ethics and my morality are this. No, you're the culmination of your experience, of your culture distilled through your individual spirit and self. And the, none of us are perfect. We're all fallible fuck-ups. Every day we fuck up. We are the weird, wonderful fucking inanimate mush of the world and we're lucky enough to be able to interact with each other and exist in this state where we can point to something or that and that and disagree and debate and discuss but that is exactly the mechanism that i think will save us so this conversation i have really enjoyed i'm aware that we're slightly over the time that we've been on so i want to kind of just wrap it up um i feel this there's a lot of questions i didn't get asked but i think i'm gonna put you back on my short list if you don't mind for uh
1: for popping back in if we do have uh, guests unfortunately having to drop out i also want to bring you on my show as well you know what we should do maybe do like six weeks where you come on mine i come on yours we'll have 12 hours of conversation we might be able to just scratch the surface of what we want to talk about
0: yeah <laughs> i think
1: yeah once you've got that out of the way we can do an interview <laughs> of course yeah. no That'll but listen right. it's, it's a lot of fun look dude i really like the way you think and like like I said, we're all in the same goal. So, you know, like, I, I just want the community to start working more together. Do you know what I mean? And like I said, sometimes you want to look across the room at someone, you hate them, but just know that he also wants what you want. No matter how much you hate him, he wants the same thing as you. So I mean, like uh, yeah. same, like, like me and Simpa, completely different thought processes, but we want the same thing in the grand scheme of things. We want the same thing. So mm-hmm. it's just, it, it's, uh, I can't wait to spend the next 30 years but, uh, batting back and forth with you, man. I think we're gonna have a lot of fun together. Likewise,
0: man. Likewise. I think yeah, yeah. We've we've covered some wonderful topics. I think we've touched on some great things, and and hopefully, again, shown to people that this discourse can happen across difference. The divide doesn't have to be a gulf. We can bridge it through respectful conversation and acceptance and curiosity of the other. Just because somebody does something different to you doesn't mean it's wrong. Doesn't mean that you're right or that you're wrong for doing it there is a multitude of ways to approach life. There is no manual. If it was, we would have fucking written it and given it to each human because the suffering that occurs as we go through the ever changing stages and ever fluctuating uh, emotional repetition of experience, the, it, it, we want to stop that. that. That is an underlying power and, and driver in humanity. And I think that you're driven to help the patients in doing that your way. And I am driven to helping difference whatever it be if you fucking sell yourself if you fucking buy fucking drugs and take drugs if you sell drugs if whatever it is that you do i don't believe that you are bad for doing it i believe that we are hurt traumatized human beings that through conversation and compassion can find commonality i feel you <laughs> I <don't laughs> thank you that, so much i think that is the thank best way having word. me Anytime and anytime, I'll include some links below to uh, to your various sort of uh, social media and whatnot. And just a bit of housekeeping, I want to thank you lovely folks that have made it to the end of this. And I've just noticed I'm Maca MC, according to the corner in this, so... Actually, I should have done better Irish impression, so I apologize about that. But if you did enjoy this now solo Simple Life show, or at least for the next couple of months, do check us out on Patreon at simplelife.com, where you can subscribe and for less than a cup of coffee a month, help me keep the lights on and pay for all the various bits of equipment we need to keep this little project going and keep us sponsor-free. So yeah, check us out Simple Life everywhere. Uh, we'll be back next week. I can't remember who it's going to be, but it's going to be somebody interesting. Oh, I think it's Jennifer Hughes from the Venus Project. Going to be a great discussion, folks. Peace and love.